Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well met, fellow adventurers. Once again, I'm in Hawklaw. And once again, it is going to be under attack by the minions of Woundskin and presumably, but perhaps not, the Sorceress Cortel. Although, we have not really any evidence that Cortel is actually aligned with Woundskin, but presumably? I mean, either Woundskin got the Otorok from Cortel, or Cortel got the Otorok from Woundskin. Maybe they both got it from some ancient thing. But either way, there's going to be a lot of Otorok, and perhaps I'll meet that faceless champion again. With the next adventure, which is called The Wagon. Two miles north of Hawklaw. At a place where the winding forest road bends around the ancient ruins of a once mighty tower. Your trek to the village comes to an abrupt halt. Here we go. Two miles north of Hawklaw to a place where the winding forest road bends around the ancient ruins of a once mighty tower. Your trek to the village comes to an abrupt halt. Just up ahead, sitting at the edge of the road, are the charred, smouldering remains of a wagon. Your heart pounds as you cautiously approach the wreckage. There is no sign of anyone in or around the burned wagon. I guess they've gone away. And no sign of any horses nearby. As you draw up to the blackened, smoke-shrouded wagon, the sound of something moving off its side of the charred heap, suddenly obscured from view, inexplicably fills you with profound sense of dread. A lone, chain-clad figure suddenly steps out from behind the fire-ravaged wagon. You take a step back and quickly assume a defensive stance as the chain-clad figure fully emerges from the, pl from the pall of smoke that still surrounds the smouldering wagon. Your pulse, pulse quickens as your eyes fall upon the man now slowly moving in your direction. Where you'd expect to find a human face, you see only a smooth, featureless sheet of unbroken skin. Emblazoned at the top of the man's blank visage is a glowing orange mark that depicts a clawed hand clutching an eye. The mark of wound skin. The man, his hands wrapped tightly around the hilt of a shivering longsword, bows deeply before rapidly drawing himself into a combat-ready stance. Without warning, 
your faceless enemy springs forward, brandishing his sword with remarkable skill. Gil, as he launches a swift and fierce attack. As you attempt to counter the frenzied assault, you are struck by the horrifying realisation that your foe seems to have adopted a portion of your combat style. Alright, I'm facing the faceless swordsman once more, who slashes at me with his shimmering blade. And I'm swinging my mace. He's swinging his blade. Dude, he has a lot of health. A lot, a lot, a lot of health. Fortunately, he's a three plus, so... But he doesn't seem to be doing any specials. Oh, oh, I, ah, I called it too soon. He went and did a devastating blow for 28 damage. And another one for 33 damage. <laughs> I jinxed it. I jinxed it there by saying he's not doing any specials. He immediately did one. But I, having, having been made to look like a fool, go into battle wage. Rolling a whole series of 20s in a row. And I did 111 that last, Darius, that last round. Got the special attack where a sudden surge of energy overtakes you and you lay a barrage of impossibly swift blows upon your enemy for 72 damage. And then there's 39 damage from the normal attack. Hmm. Yeah, so that's very nice. Okay, it's mostly down. 14%, 12%. Oh, another devastating blow for 27 damage. Very nearly down. And come on. Yeah, finally slain. Well, slain. Although whenever you're dealing with something, something conjured from wound skin, slain doesn't necessarily mean slain. Slain could mean it's going to come back stronger. Slain could mean it's going to rise from the dead. Slain could mean it's just going to get up again. Who knows? Maybe, it, maybe it'll just run. 140 experience. The faceless swordsman collapses into, onto the ground at your feet. Suddenly, the corpse of your fallen enemy begins to twitch and weave. With startling swiftness, the man, bearing no signs of the brutal combat that ended with his defeat, rises to his feet. Face of swordsman bows simply, deeply, before turning and swiftly retreating to cloud of dark smoke that still envelops the smouldering remains of the wagon. You, wear, you warily approach the wreckage but find no sign of the sinister being. As if it's your wound-marked foe has vanished into thin air. You're about to turn away and make a quick search at the immediate area when you spot something lying on the ground nearby. What could it be? Lying on the ground next to the charred, small remains of the wagon is a small, flat stone. The coin-sized stone, identical to those you previously discovered, is emblazoned with a mark of wound skin, which depicts a clawed hand clutching an eye. You promptly take possession of it. Just got myself a wound-marked stone. 
How many do I have now? I have two now. Mainly because I put, I put, I used to have five. I would have five, but three of them are in the dagger of vanquishing. After making a quick search in the immediate area, you head south towards Hawklaw, eager to report the incident to Captain Millark. A short time ago, at the edge of the plain of screams, in a long forgotten and likely never known, realm within the shadowy vastness of the Neverness, perched on an outcropping of black rock, sits the fortress of a mighty bone-crowned lord. Woundskin sighed deeply and winced as he shifted the majority of his men's weight to his left leg and stepped back from the edge of the chasm. The battle with the great dragons of Karlnsor proved far more difficult than he anticipated and far costlier than he was prepared to admit. He would heal. He only hoped the incident wouldn't invite further attacks. He could not yet be afford to become embroiled in another war. Hmm. So he has other enemies. Powerful enemies that can actually wound him. I think that could be to my advantage. Of course, just because they're fighting Woundskin doesn't necessarily mean they're good. I mean, I... I'd probably be very careful not to reveal how how where my where my home world is. You know, just in case, just in case they're actually they're actually really bad dudes who are also fighting a bad dude because that sometimes happens. Sometimes you just have bad guys fighting bad guys. Usually it's a good thing. The blue wounds that covered nearly every inch, square inch of his leathery flesh, but suddenly began to emit a faint glow. The glow quickly faded and a towering ogre lowered his gaze into the fathomless gauze at his feet. He's into this pit to which he would ultimately cast Gnorus, but only after the treacherous sorcerer had exhausted every, exhausted his last visage of work. For it pained him to consider it, the master of this dark and barren realm knew the chasm might also be called upon to swallow his reluctant courted champion, a human, a man upon whom his gaze had long ago fallen. It was, he knew, still time to prevent the drastic, but inevitable consequence of his chosen subject's continued defiance. Look, how about if you want me to work for you? How about you actually just give me a job offer, rather than just having monsters fight me all the time? And somehow thinking that will make me like you? Because it doesn't. If you kill the people I like, I don't like you. I mean, 
what the heck did you think was going to happen? You attacked my favourite village. You, you occupied my favourite tavern. You killed people I knew. Did, what the hell are you thinking? Oh, I would know, well, I guess I'm your lifelong servant now. No, I'm not going to do that. Now I have to kill you. And that's going to be quite difficult because apparently you're immortal and really tough and have a huge army and your base is deep in the neverness and I have no idea where it is. But eventually, eventually I'll figure something out. Maybe, maybe some other quests that I can do will give me some clues. The sky above the plain whippled, and the wumble of thunder rolled across the bleak expanse of blackened ground. Woundskin, his eyes still wandering, the gloom-filled depths of the gorge grumbled. Glenorus had returned. He knew he would soon learn the reason for the wretched human's unexpected visit. And that finishes this adventure with another 1,024 experience to general and 64 XP to all skills and powers. Alright, on to the next one. That's the next one in the March of the Oterok Saga. There are, of course, other adventures, which I will do eventually, except the cabin, which I've already done. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. All's well that ends. All's well that ends. Yep, that's the new one. It's into the rocky region of the forest north and east of Hawklaw that you follow the swift-footed... Swift-footed what? You first spotted the diminutive cloaked women lurking about the village square just before midday. Then, some time later, you made your way out of the stone-backed tavern. You watched the same, same young woman furtively approach the two soldiers just outside the newly established outpost. So three of them began to make their way south along the thoroughfare. You took a quick, tip, quick, increased interest in their movements. You waited until the departing trio was nearly a hundred downs yards down the road before setting off in pursuit, moving quickly, making making certain to remain a decent length behind the woman and the two soldiers. You follow the group south out of Hawklaw along the winding road that plunges into the surrounding wood. Less than a mile south of the village, the group suddenly takes leave of the road, begins heading north and east through the forest. With your interest sufficiently piqued, you promptly decide to continue following them. Moving quickly enough to keep them in sight, and quietly enough for your pursuit to remain undiscovered, you slip into the woods and start after the suspicious trio. 
as the forest thickens and the terrain for which you're trailing becomes less forgiving. You begin to wonder if you might at last lose sight of them. So I've got two options. I can make my presence known to them. But I think if they're going anywhere secret, they're not going to do that anymore. But I might lose them entirely. Or I can continue my stealthy pursuit. I'll go for that one. I continue to follow the group at a distance taking great care to remain undetected as you make your way through the tangled forest. As the trio passes over the back of a small tree-crowned rise to the north, you, lo- you lose sight of them for nearly two minutes, when at last you reach the top of the slope and stare out across the more open section of the woodland below. Your eyes fall upon a ghastly sight. Sprawled out on the forest floor at the base of the ride are the bloodied, unmoving bodies of the two soldiers who were, only moments ago, in the company of the cloaked woman. Oh dear. Perhaps I shouldn't have remained stealthy? No, I, th- I think she probably could have killed them in the time, time it took me to get to them anyway. Guess there's no way I'll ever know. After quickly surveying the immediate area and discovering no sign of the mysterious woman, you swiftly descend the hillside and arrive at the scene of the gruesome attack. Several deep red gashes have been cut across the torso of the two soldiers. The, their chain certs Shirts have been shredded by what appears to be a series of powerful strokes delivered by a heavy bladed weapon. Most likely a sword. Hmm, there's only one sword wielding thing that we regularly encounter, and that, and that is that faceless champion. I think I will meet him again. A wide pool of blood seeping into the foliage that blankets the ground lies beneath the slain pair. You immediately assume the clothed woman, now nowhere to be seen, is responsible for the deadly attack, though the motive behind the savage attack lingers beyond your grasp. After respectfully placing the arms of each man across his chest, you quickly set off in search of the mysterious woman. A dozen yards north of the scene of the attack, discover a single bloodied footprint pressed into the leaf-covered ground. With the direction of the print serving as your only guide, you promptly set off to the north and east in pursuit of the cloaked woman. I mean, let's just hope she hasn't been trying to trick me by, say, walking backwards, or taking a shoe off and putting a deliberate print in the wrong direction. Or, I I don't know, some other tricky thing. I've I've never been, I've never really done this sort of stuff where you try and trick someone who's pursuing you. So, not sure what you do, maybe something like that. Or, give give the shoe to someone else, maybe. 
Nearly half an hour after your last sighting of the cloaked woman, you spot her moving through the forest to the north, heading into a stony patch of wilderness known to the local inhabitants as Nearbend. You suddenly recall that Nearbend is home to a network of caves that provide access to the underground spring that feeds Hawklaws well and several streams throughout the region. With that in mind, it's into the rocky region of the forest north and east of Hawklaw that you follow the swift-footed woman. Not wishing to lose sight of the woman as she moves swiftly through the stony, broken terrain that dominates the forest region known as Nearbend, you're forced to pick up your pace, at times trading stealth for speed as you struggle to keep up with her. Suddenly, the object of your pursuit passes over the edge of a small tree-wing depression and vanishes. The difficult terrain makes a direct approach nearly impossible. It takes you more than ten minutes to reach the edge of the depression, and when at last you stand on the stony rim of the small hollow, you find yourself staring down at a dark mouth of a cave set into the western wall of the broad, grassy expanse below. You realise at once, you're looking at the entrance to the caves that provide access to the underground spring. You also realise it was into this dark opening that the mysterious cloaked woman has obviously gone. A thousand dark and unnerving possibilities for excursion into the cave take root in your mind. Eager to overtake the woman and determine her motives, you draw out your trusted light source and quickly step into the gloomy interior of the cave. Standing just inside the mouth of the cave, you peer along a wide, dark, uneven corridor it gradually descends as it continues to the east. The walls, floor and ceiling of the natural stone passage glisten with moisture. Behind you, to the west, the reassuring light of day spills through the cave mouth. Somewhere off in the distance, you hear the unmistakable sound of rushing water. With no desire to leave the cave without first... You have... No desire to leave the cave without first finding the cloaked woman. Head east into the sloping passage. The air is damp and still in the shadowy interior of the cave. Your footfalls echo eerily as you pass along the glistening corridors of this subterranean maze. Okay, that that, that brings me back... That that brings me back to what I just read. Okay. You can clearly hear the sound of rushing water from somewhere nearby. Suddenly. Lying across this section of the passage are the bloodied corpses of three chain-clad soldiers. You realise immediately that these men were tasked with guarding the springs. They met the same gruesome, untimely fate of the two soldiers led from town by a mysterious cloaked woman. Several 
deep, bloody gashes been cut across the torsos of the soldiers. Their chain shirts have been shredded by what appears to be the series of powerful strokes delivered by a heavy bladed weapon, most likely a sword. After carefully examining their remains, you estimate these men have been dead only a few short minutes. You spend a few minutes moving their bodies to the end of the corridor and respectively folding their arms across their chest. Do I have time for that? Well, I guess I do. Okay, lying against the northern wall of this section of the cave passage, the bodies of the three slain soldiers. You can clearly hear the sound of rushing water from somewhere nearby. Suddenly, you catch sight of a shadowy figure darting through the gloom up ahead. The figure slips into the darkness to the east and disappears from sight. Alright, I guess I'm following here. Okay, there's a there's a little circle in the southeast corner. Suddenly, you catch sight of the shadowy figure darting through the gloom up ahead. The figure slips in the, into the darkness to the east and disappears from sight. Okay. Southeast corner. On the ground at the edge of the corridor, you spot a small flat stone. The coin-sized stone, identical to those you previously discovered, is emblazoned with the mark of wound skin, which depicts a clawed hand clutching an eye. You promptly take possession of it. It's another wound-marked stone. After a quick search reveals nothing else in this section of the passage, you once again resume your cautious exploration of the cave. Now, I don't know what those wound mark stones do, but apparently, I'm just going to assume that the more of them I get, the better they will do it. Suddenly, you catch sight of a shadowy figure darting through the gloom up ahead. The figure slips into the darkness to the north and disappears from sight. Okay, let's see. I got out of the square. Now there's a passage going north. Keep going north. There's an alcove to the east. On the ground at the edge of the corridor, you spot a small flat stone. The coin-sized stone, identical to those you previously discovered, is emblazoned with the mark of wound skin, which depicts a clawed hand clutching an eye. You promptly take possession of it. That's my fourth wound mark stone. The quick search reveals nothing else in this section of the passage. You once again resume your cautious exploration of the cave. Okay. Opposite opposite that little alcove was a passage to the west. That was an alcove to the south. On the ground, on the edge of the corridor, you spot a small flat stone. The coin-sized stone, identical to those you previously discovered, is emblazoned with the mark of wound skin, which depicts a clawed hand clutching an eye. You promptly take possession of it. 
And that's my fifth wound mark stone. After a quick search reveals nothing else in this section of the passage, you once again resume your cautious exploration of the cave. Okay, there's an alcove to the west now. Okay, there's wound mark stone number six. Yep, it's the same description as the last ones. Just, just get on with this. Okay, another, back to the north going passage. Suddenly, you catch sight of a shadowy figure darting through the gloom up ahead. The figure slips into the darkness to the north and disappears from sight. Okay, I'm at the northern northern edge of the site. The sound of rushing water is quite quite loud here. So I'll go to the east. It's another Wu Mark Stone. That's seven now, isn't it? Let me just check. Seven Wu Mark Stones now. Okay, now passage goes to the west. Sound of rushing. As you pass along this section of the cave passage, you suddenly pot spot what appears to be something moving in the gloom ahead. Pick a number. Bonus of 99. 79 for woodmanship, 20 from aura. I need 75 or more to succeed, so I can not fail. I succeeded with 186, so it was easy peasy. You draw to a halt and peer into the darkness ahead, seeking any sign of movement you thought you saw only a moment ago. The corner of your eye, you spot a large, dark shape moving through the shadows to your right. You quick, quickly turn and find two Otoroks slipping silently out of the gloom. Gloom. Of course, it's some of them. There's always more Otoruk. It's just the walls. With your back pressed up against the cave, damp cave wall, you struggle to fend off the first of the Otoruk's savage, efficient strikes, which means time to equip the Oaken Ward and time to quit combat. It is slain. 25 XP. The second Otorok draws up to you in silence, its iron-tipped wooden limbs poised to deal you a pair of deadly blows. It's another Otorok, quick combat, another 25 XP and a heal. Having survived the sudden attack from the shadows, you spend a few moments checking over your equipment before resuming your cautious exploration of the cave. Okay, I'm getting close to the end of the passage. One off on the end of the passage. Presumably, something will happen there, because that's usually the walls with caves, that the most distant part of the cave is where the things are. You never, you, you never put, you never put the cork no one's ever, no one's ever hold captive in the front of a cave. It's always at the back. The treasure is at the back. The monsters are at the back. Captives are at the back. Or there's a lot of them that are spread around. 
but most of them will be at the back. Something will be at the back of the cave. Probably several somethings. It's just the walls. Rest once more. With the wall of, wall of rushing water echoing all around, you reach the end of the cave corridor and step beneath a natural stone arch and into a large vaulted chamber. Against the northern wall of the chamber, flowing swiftly along a broad channel before plunging into a dark crevice just beneath an outcropping of ledge, is a surging torrent. You realise immediately you're looking at an exposed section of an underground spring that feeds Hawklaw's well and several nearby streams. Standing at the edge of the raging water, on a broad, sickened landing of smooth grey stone, are more than a dozen corrupt. Your pulse quickens as you hastily count 16 of the sinister wood and iron beings. Strangely, the Oturuk remain motionless. Though I don't think that will be for long, eventually I will end up fighting them. Your eyes are drawn to the left of the Oturuk Legion. There, slumped up against a damp cave wall, is the lifeless body of the cloaked woman you've been dodgily pursuing. Though you're unable to determine whether or not the gathered Okuruk are responsible for her, aid, for her fate, you cannot see any visible signs of injury upon her body. Hmm, what's been going on here? I mean, I, I just I assume she was on the same side as the Okuruk. Hmm, maybe she works for the Glenoris and... Well... Let's... The Oturuk just killed her automatically because she wasn't on the don't kill list. Because that's how Oturuk work. If you don't explicitly tell them not to kill someone, they will kill that someone. That's just how they think. That's just the way they are, apparently. I mean, maybe I could kidnap one and that have it end. <laughs> We program it to, I don't know, cut the lawn of my grand residence. But honestly, I don't think I'll, I don't think that would be worth the risk. Uh, a powerful sense of dread suddenly washes over you. Moving up from behind the motionless legion of Otrok is a figure now all too familiar to you. It's going to be the faceless, faceless swordsman. The faceless, chain-clad man stepping through the ranks of the motionless Oturuk is a foe you've twice before encountered. The sinister swordsman dips into a quick bow before rapidly drawing himself into a combat-ready stance. Equipping the hilt of his glittering sword, your mysterious and deadly foe levels the blade at you. As if stirred to life by the simple manoeuvre, all sixteen Oturuk begin to move. You hurriedly attempt to determine your next course of action as the massive legion of Oturuk swines swiftly and silently across the chamber towards you. 
As for the Cornview Eye, you note the body of the cloaked woman has vanished. So I've got a few options here. I can hold by ground and face the Otoak Onslaught. Or I could use Woodmanship, Shadow Magic, Elementalism, or Telekinesis. I'm going to give Telekinesis a shot. It succeeded. 16x speed to Telekinesis. You channel your power of Telekinesis. A powerful, well-aimed blast of telekinetic energy sends the first Otoak staggering backwards into those marching his heels. Several of the Otoak lose their footing on the slick stone at the edge of the channel and plunge into the surging flow. Seven of the sixteen Otoak are swept to their doom in a torrent of water, washing through the channel as the remainder of the sinister legion continues to advance, you quickly prepare to engage them. Oh, that's pretty good. Standing beneath the stone arch that serves as the threshold of the chamber, you boldly hold your ground against the advancing Otoak. Quick combat number one. 22 XP. Hmm. Probably would have got more XP if I didn't use any skills or powers against these and just just fought them but meh. you step away from the splintered pile of wood and twisted matter at your feet and prepare to engage the next Otoak. Standing beneath the stone arch that serves as a threshold, threshold for the chamber you boldly hold your ground against the advancing Otoak. Number two of nine 35 XP. You step away from the pile of splintered wood and twisted metal at your feet. Prepare to engage the next one. Here's number three. Uh, and here's number four. Bit of healing. Number five. And that one is also slain. 25. Number six, 25, number seven, 25 XP. That's how much I get for them, which is all right. Number eight, the penultimate one. You step away from, oh, I only got 22 for that one. I guess that means it didn't have time to adapt its combat strategy. Ooh, because it kept being stunned. Or maybe I did a special. You step away from the pile of splintered wood and twisted metal at your feet and prepare to engage the next Otoark. Stand, standing beneath the stone arch that serves as the threshold for the chamber, you boldly hold your ground against the advancing Otoark. It's the last. Against the last advancing Otoark. Quick combat that one. 22 XP for combat, then 1,024 experience to general. You exhale sharply and wipe away the sweat squeaking down your brow as the last of the Otoak topples to the cave floor. With the smashed remains of the Otoak littering the floor of the chamber, 
You lock your gaze onto the flesh, flesh faceless swordsman and boldly assume a defensive stance. As if in answer to your silent challenge, the faceless swordsman, his hands wrapped around the hilt of his glittering sword, draws himself into a combat-ready stance at the edge of the fast-flowing channel. So, I can attack him, my faceless enemy, literally faceless enemy, or flee immediately. Obviously, I'm going to attack him. You launch a swift and fierce attack against the faceless swordsman. Begin combat with it. Your faceless foe slashes at you with his deadly blade. And I bash at him with my... My what? Your enemy smashes through your defences with a devastating blow for 27 damage. Alright, bash, 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 Another devastating blow. Bash, bash, bash. Devastating blow for 24 damage. Bash, 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 bash. Round 53-54. Your enemy smashes through your defences with a devastating blow for 36 damage. Which is just ridiculous. Took 57 rounds, but he is finally slain. Well, slain. Once again... This is one of Runeskim's things, so it's not going to stay dead. Your fate, the faceless swordsman, collapses at the edge of the washing channel of water. Suddenly, the corpse of your fallen enemy begins to twitch and weave. With startling swiftness, the man, bearing no signs of the brutal combat that ended with his defeat, rises to his feet. Without warning, your faceless foe turns and leaps into the channel and is immediately swept away by the torrent of washing water, disappearing beneath the prominent ledge that hangs over the western side of the chamber. In the wake of the mysterious enemy's rather dramatic exit, you spot something lying at the edge of the channel. Perched on the edge of the washing channel, you spot a small flat stone. The coin-sized stone, identical to those you previously discovered, is emblazoned with the mark of wound skin. It depicts a clawed hand clutching an eye. You promptly take possession of it. That's eight of them I have now. After lingering at the edge of the swiftly flowing channel for several minutes, you conclude you are at last alone. There is no further sign of any Otorok, the faceless swordsman, or the clothed woman. You spend a few moments checking over your equipment before turning and beginning a cautious trek out of the cave. As you hurry towards the mouth of the cave, eager to reach the light of the day, your heart subtly stinks, sinks, stepping into the cave their movement producing no discernible noise, are two Otorok. Without delay, the sinister pair starts in your direction, realising that you will need to defeat them if you are to escape from the cave alive. You boldly hold your ground, prepared to engage the first 
the two wood and iron beings. It's an Oterok. Just going to quick combat that one. The second, 25 XP. The second Boatwork, moving with rigid but silent motion, steps forward and attack. Quick combat that one, which is slain. 25 XP also. Just going to heal myself back up, because you never know when the next Oterok is going to attack. Stepping over the remains of the slain Oterok. You emerge from the shadowy cave into into bright sunlit forest. You're tracked back to Hawklaw, proceeds without incident. Upon arriving the village, you promptly seek out Captain Millark at the newly established outpost. You immediately ascertain that your staunch ally is in bad humour, and a detailed account of the excursion into Nearbend does little little to lighten his Grim mood. You can only hope that nothing has been done to the water, he says, the fear in his voice plainly evident. I don't see what they might have attempted there, but we can hardly hope to fathom their malice. The captain takes the news of the slain soldiers particularly hard. It's nearly a minute before he again speaks. I'll have a larger guard at the cave before dusk, he says, reaching out to initiate a shoulder across you. I'll have our brave brothers brought back to us, of course. Thank you, Zoop. Do not think I'm attempting to follow that favour when I tell you that I fear without your continuous efforts, our cause here would already be in ruins. Captain Mollock sighs. Um, sighs and places his hand on his hips as he turns his gaze to the ceiling. There's something that's been weighing heavily on my mind, he says. Captain Mullock tells you he received word nearly a week ago that indicated the remains of a strange wood and iron being have been found in a forest near Talonus. I never saw much mystery in it, he says, turning to you as he produces a cloth sack and places it on the table. What a little doubt I might have entertained was summarily vanquished just this morning. This arrived, with a dozen soldiers from the capital now assigned to our little outpost, just after dawn this morning. The The captain spills the contents of the sack, and you stare in shock, the battered head of an okuok as it lands in the centre of the table. Repeating himself, he tells you it was part of the remains that were found just outside Talinus. They're spreading, and quickly it would seem, he says, tossing the empty sack in, into the corner. This village may no longer be the battlefront, though I suppose only time will tell that for certain. It must all be coming to something, says Captain Millark turning away from the table and placing his hand on your shoulder. Sooner, rather than later, or so I'm prepared to wager. We'll, we will find ourselves in the thick of a fix we name, may not be able to easily... Well, there's no sense in drawing additional gloom. There's enough of that to go about these days. Quite enough. The captain momentarily steps out of the private room and returns only moments later, 
holding two steaming mugs of Pano. He thrusts one of the vessels into your hand and smiles. Have a nose for fresh Pano, he says. As you carefully sip your steaming drink, Captain Billark sets down, down his mug and plants both his fists on the edge of the map spread across, across its cluttered surface across its crosses surface of the table. Where and what next is all he mutters. And that finishes this adventure for for two two thousand and forty eight experience to general and one hundred and twenty eight experience to all skills and powers. Alright now it's time to save well, if I could, if I could have stopped, stopped that woman, can't now. All right, the next adventure, which I think I'll do later, is Dawn in Hawklaw. But I think I'll do that, well, later, maybe tomorrow. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.